Every once in a while, while reading the Bible, you come across something that we simply don't have any context for. And we have no idea what to do with this other than, you know, we just say, okay, I believe that it happened as it's told in the text. Now, one of these for me was in Mark chapter 8. It's when Jesus heals a blind man with his spittle. Now, besides you, right, we want to know what's going on here. Why does Jesus choose to heal this way? And what would that first century audience have thought about it? Now, this is not only Jesus' original audience, the disciples and the Jewish folks who lived near Bethsaida and Capernaum, but it's also Mark's intended audience. Scholars generally believe that Mark was writing in Rome, and so if we assume that's true, then it would be to Jews or early Christians living in Rome. So the first thing we'll do is we'll look at the text that I'm referring to, and then we're going to talk about the context that, well, I assume most of us are missing, and that the people in the first century, that audience would have had. So it's Mark 8, verses 22 and 23. He came to Bethsaida, they brought him a blind man, and begged Jesus to touch him. He took hold of the blind man by the hand, and he brought him out of the village. When he had spit on his eyes, and placed his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? Now, the question is, why? Why spit on his eyes? Like everything in our Bible, there's always a context, a cultural context. And so I have to have faith that that cultural context exists, whether I'm aware of it or not. So what would that first century audience have known that we don't? Well, First, let's start with a Roman writer. He's known as Pliny the Elder, and he's writing in his work, it's called The Natural History. Now, I've included a link below from Tufts University. It includes this work, so you can go ahead and read it yourself. Pliny is writing somewhere around 77 CE, so after Jesus. And what he's doing is he's documenting the natural world and scientific thinking from around the Roman Empire. And so Pliny is writing a chapter on the properties of human spittle. And he goes through a whole bunch of things that spittle is supposed to be good for, and one of them happens to be healing eyes with fasting spittle. Now again, Pliny's not doing research. He's not doing what we would do today. He's simply reporting the uses of fasting spittle from around the Roman Empire. So this is the first one. We have a prominent Roman writer writing about the science of their day, and he's writing about fasting spittle being able to heal eyes. Now, the second one we can look at is another Roman writer. This is Tacitus. Tacitus is writing in the early 2nd century. Now, again, you can see in the description section below, there's going to be a link for his writing. And what Tacitus is writing about is the Emperor Vespasian. Now, Vespasian followed the emperor Nero. Nero died in 68 AD, and Vespasian was actually part of what historians call the year of four emperors. So he was the fourth emperor in 69 AD and then reigned for the next 10 years. He had been prosecuting the war that Rome had in Israel against the Jews. Then he took over as the emperor. Either way, what Tacitus tells us is about a time that Vespasian was in Alexandria, Egypt, and he was approached by a blind man. And the blind man had been directed by the healing god down there in Egypt, Serapis. 
And what he wanted was Vespasian to heal him with his saliva. And this is remarkably similar to the story that we just read about Jesus. And you can see here in the text, it's a common person that's known for his blindness. And then he goes up to Vespasian and he begs him to moisten his cheeks and eyes with his spittle. So we have two examples of healing eyes with spittle from the first century. So obviously this is something that the people were aware of, they thought could happen. Now, those are Roman examples. So is it possible that we have anything from the Jewish culture, Jesus's culture there in Israel, something that we would be able to understand his actions within his own culture? And the answer, of course, is yes. Now, this one comes from the Jewish writings of the Talmud. Now, what's really interesting about this comment in the Talmud is that it doesn't have to do with healing gods or God healing somebody's eyes. Rather, it has to do with the firstborn son. How do you identify the firstborn son? Well, they tell us. So a gentleman comes up to a rabbi. He says, I know that this man is the firstborn. The rabbi says, how do you know that? And when he responds, he says, because when people would come before his father to obtain a cure for their ailing eyes, he would say to them, go to my son, as he is a firstborn, and his saliva heals this ailment. So here in the Jewish writings, we have firstborn son, we have an eye problem, you have saliva that heals an eye ailment, right? Something special about the saliva of a firstborn son. Well, what are we talking about? What's, what's Jesus? Jesus is the firstborn son. And if the saliva from any firstborn can heal, well, how much more can the saliva from the firstborn of all creation? To quote Paul in Colossians 1.15. So what do we have here? Well, we have cultural context that us moderns, especially in the West, we just don't have. So it seems strange. This whole story about healing with saliva, how does it even work, saliva healing the eyes? But in that first century, that audience, this would not have been outside the realm of what they knew about the properties of human spittle, as Pliny writes. And Jesus, of course, he is the firstborn, the firstborn of all creation, and he does a miracle that would speak to his culture about his status as the firstborn. This is an example of what's called biblical studies, studying the history and the culture that surrounds the biblical writings without coming to a theological conclusion. So biblical studies differ from theological studies. And here at Fig Tree Ministries, this is what we're dedicated to, biblical studies. What can you understand about the Bible from the cultural context without attempting to synthesize into a particular theological doctrine. So biblical studies is, it's like being an investigator of history and culture, piecing together the thinking of those who lived at that time to see what they would have thought first before we make a decision about what we think about the text. So Jesus healing eyes with his spittle. It's not so much the miracle itself that seems out of bounds to that first century audience, but it tells his culture that he is the firstborn son.